The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. And we're back here uh, and analyze this. Um, before we um, bring back in uh, the governor's uh, chief of staff, Carl Knight, and then we're going to head to uh, Zach Zook uh, in about 15 minutes. I want to get some programming notes for tonight on Channel 12. Um, beginning at 7 p.m., we got the PBS News Hour. That goes from 7 to 8. Then we have Land and Water Revisited. Revisiting the 1962 documentary. Um, that's from 8 to 9. And then at 9 p.m., Big Little Journeys, Survival, right? Uh, our Formosian pangolin searches for a mate in a protected forest in Taiwan. A family of golden-headed lion tamarins travel to a strange new world in Brazil's Atlantic Forest. Then we have Nova, right? At 10 p.m., Ultimate Space Telescope, NASA's, G NASA's James Webb Space tele Telescope from its conception to completion. Then at 11 p.m., Ben Franklin's bones, right? Human skeletal remains found in the basement of Ben Franklin's British residence may have been used for science. And then of course, at midnight, I'm important company. Okay, so we got the news hour at 7, Land and Water Revisited at 8, Nature at 9, Nova at 10, Ben Franklin's bones at 11, and of course, I'm important company at uh, midnight. Of course, I'm important company usually is an 11 o'clock thing, but time turn back. So now I'm important companies at, mid at midnight. We got uh, my good friend, uh, Carl Knight, uh, joining me here. Uh, good morning once again, Mr. Chief of Staff. Glad to have you on. Thank you. Good morning. Okay, good. So, you know, I like to tease tease you. You take too long to come on or no, Carl? I'm going to be very honest with you. You know what I mean? This is, <laughs> let me say, I'm doing the math. 45 months to get you on. But check this out. <laughs> wow. Check this Check the check yeah, because April gonna make four years full and we're in January now, so you subtract the three and we're at forty-five. But why do you know that you have an excuse for the first part? And I told that I ain't gonna let the public know. I told that to Kevin, so don't worry about that. But I'm glad okay. that you finally make it and I'm looking forward to uh periodic appearances um going forward, if that's okay with you, Mr. Chief of State. Yeah, that that's perfectly fine. Okay, good thing. That's one so we got that out of the way. Now let me go through the first five state of the territories um, to get us to this point. Of course, um, the uh, state of the territory three and four were impacted because of the pandemic. But the first right. one in 2019, what is your recollection about the governor first getting up there and delivering his first state of the territory? And let's face it, you know, inauguration is one thing, but state of the territory is like a validation experience. That's how I look at it. What's your take? Right. Yeah, I mean, that first state of the territory, um, you know, he was coming right off of the election. You don't have a lot of uh, transition uh, between that November election, especially that one went to um, a runoff. Mm -hmm. And so you don't, you don't have a lot of time to really get, grab, you know, put your hands around the state of the territory. So a lot of what you do in that first speech is really dependent on the information you're able to glean from the outgoing administration and, and through your transition efforts. And so... Um, that 
first state of the territory, he, you know, he was a little worried about the direction things were going in um, because the finances seemed to be in a very bleak place. And so um, I think while he was uh, wanting to lay out his vision as the way he wanted to take the territory, he also had to kind of be cautious because all the information we were getting at the time was suggesting to us that um, as a government, fiscally, we were in a very precarious situation. So let me tell you that because um, and I was outgoing senator at the time and aware of a financial commitment that literally right, a private sector commitment that was multi-billion in nature and provided, let's face it, cash for the government of the Virgin Islands and its coffers, which was uh, the rebuild of the refinery uh, right. throughout 19 and 20 and parts of 2021. So, so yeah, that, I mean that that that, that allayed some of the some of the financial concerns that you might have had in January of 2019, right? Yeah, the, the um that was a, a a boon period for the Virgin Islands, particularly St. Croix. Um, the the refineries turn turnaround activity was much more lucrative than the actual operations, as we all know. Yeah, the, 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 um, the operations kind of took some, some false starts and uh, eventually stalled out. But the rebuild and, and the effort uh, coming in for the rebuild actually created a little false uh, economy that propped us yeah. up uh, yeah. going through those periods. Okay, so that's 2019. Second go around now, 2020, 2020 um, state and territory address number two, and concerns about what the pandemic and if and when the pandemic would hit the Virgin Islands, what was going through your mind in January of 2020? So in January of 2020, um, <laughs> the pandemic was just, uh, it was something that we were looking at uh, with a potential impact, but of course no one knew what was to come, right? So that, mm -hmm. that pandemic actually hit, really, really, it, 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 it created the panic back in, in March of 2020. So in January Correct. 2020, you know, we were hitting full stride, you know, predicting, um, you know, a normal year. This would have been the governor's first um, real year with his own budget. Um, you know, when you start off as a new governor, you inherit the budget from the prior governor. So you spend your first nine months in office, you know, working off of somebody else's spending plan. Um, 2020 would have been his spending plan. And so they were, we were on that mission, of course. A lot of that got... Um, railroaded, or at least we thought was railroaded by, by the pandemic. A lot changed, um, and the focus and attention of the government shifted for the, you know, the entirety of 2020, uh, but for the first couple of months, spent really managing the COVID pandemic. Now, now, just like, COVID. Now, now, just like 19, uh, we benefited from private sector activity with the rebuild, what have you. Uh, in 2020, we actually had a stroke of faith there again in our favor, where because the other islands in the, in, in the region were on lockdown because of the pandemic, our situation was a little bit different, very unique, and we benefited from that, Mr. Chief of Staff, throughout Yeah, you know, the, the governor made a conscious decision. You know, the first, you know, I remember how hard it was for him to decide to put us in lockdown. Mm -hmm. uh, that was when we were just faced and confronted with the reality that, you know, we were really worried. Our small islands can't handle a pandemic. You know, our healthcare facilities, we're just recovering from the hurricane, still in temporary, uh, less, than, less than ideal uh, um, uh, uh, operations at the time. And we just didn't feel we could 
manage the health, the public health impacts of the pandemic. So he did lock us down. But I think at some point he realized, like, hey, the more I lock down this this uh, this uh, community, the more this economy stalls. We're trying to recover from the hurricanes, we can't stall. We're going to have to open. We just have to open smart. And I think um, that's when you saw the innovativeness and the ingenuity of, of Governor Bryan. Um, as we started deploying the um, screening protocols at the airports, um, using the um, the online uh, portals, when we started having policies that kind of restricted what we could do at the hotels, um, you know, we decided to try and navigate how we reopened. And while a lot of the, our neighbors were in panic mode and trying to keep all the outsiders out, we said, hey, we're going to welcome them in. we just going to welcome them in smartly. So we had, you know, we made certain uh, decisions with the cruise ships while they were still running, uh, certain things we did to make sure that we could open and open safely. And we managed daily six days a week. Um, I think at one point it was seven days a week, but we managed daily what was happening in our hospitals, who was sick, right down. We wanted to know who was sick, where they're sick, um, and how are they recovering. And so we managed almost, in those, that first year, we probably managed every single COVID case um, uh, as an individual, just making sure we understand how they came, became affected, what's the ramifications in our healthcare system. And the governor really um, managed to keep the economy flowing. And we are very proud of the fact that we kept the economy going at a time when other economies stalled. The other U.S. territories stalled out completely. We kept chugging along. Well, anybody who has listened to, to the show, and our show actually was born in the heart of the pandemic in the last week of April in 2020. I have given uh, your administration um, a very good to excellent grade in managing the pandemic. And um, Stacey Plaskett, our delegate to Congress, she was one of my first guests. And she said, and I'm interested to get your take on this, um, because we had been through hurricanes, that may have actually worked with us from a, a, a trauma perspective, from a mental standpoint, to deal with the pandemic. What, what's your take on that? Yeah, most definitely. You know, our, our people are... Um we're not accustomed to being shot in, so that was a, that was a little bit different. But we are mm-hmm. accustomed to crisis emergency mode, um, and we, you know, as a community, we deal with so much trauma and anxiety that this wasn't necessarily as crippling for us as it is for for other folks. It, the older population, I think, was affected because you know of the isolation, and there was a a real fear that the older population would really suffer the most, and so it was a little more difficult on them, but. You know, sometimes we had to tell our young, we had to remind our young folks that we have a pandemic, you know, and they made yeah. the most of it, you know. Yeah. Now, State of the Territory 3, um, this was given pretty much to a beer, a beer minimum in, in, in the early outlet chambers here on St. Thomas? Yeah, yeah that, that was um, that was a pandemic uh, address. <laughs> we had um, <laughs> practically no one in the chambers, um, you know, and a lot of the conversation there was, what we had been doing to come out of the pandemic and, um, you know, how we had managed the economy and, and kind of, um, I think, as I recall, pushing the fact that, you know, this is how we on uh, recover, you know, and we, here's what we need to do, those things like vaccinations and um, the fact that we had, at that point, we had started to beef up our healthcare facilities. We had converted the, um, the, uh, uh, the training institute over at the National Guard. We had turned that into a spillover health facility just in case the worst came. And, you know, the governor spent a lot of time really talking about how we won't get through this um, this pandemic. And then the fourth pandemic, I mean, the fourth state of the territory, I apologize. Um, Omicron, 
So pretty much a repeat of the third state of territory? The, um, you know, as we got to the fourth, that, yeah, that's, uh, that's, on, that's January 2022. Yeah, that, that, that was when we, I, I think we kind of showed the public that the unexpected had actually occurred. We had followed a roadmap to navigate the COVID and unexpectedly, while we had expected revenues to drop off the face of the planet, we had predicted doom and gloom. And doom and gloom had also been predicted for us that we actually had a banner year in 2021. Mm-hmm. To this day, the strongest year in our economy was actually 2021. Um, I think the, I think that year oh, that's the first thing. Grocery seats was in the two hundred million range, right? Something like that. Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah. You know, every category was up past pre-pandemic numbers, past uh, pre-hurricane um, numbers. It was just a stellar year for for the Virgin Islands, it, and no one could have predicted that. I mean, we'd like to say we predicted it, but we didn't necessarily predict it. But you know, we worked a plan, and the plan worked out um, even better than we expected. Um, the the subsidies that actually started with the Trump administration, I'll show them a little a little credit, um, but those um, federal subsidies started to kick in. We were able to really help people in a direct way, providing direct assistance, whether it was on their WAPA bills or it was the stimulus payments and uh, child tax credits. And um, a lot of things started to kind of converge with the fact that the economy was open, that we were welcoming uh, tourism. Um, folks were coming here as a vaccine holiday. <laughs> I mean, there's some really weird dynamics happening. We still had work mm-hmm. going on at that finery. And 2021, the banner year. So 2022 speech really was talking about the fact that, if believe it or not, um, with all the numbers that we crunch tell us <laughs> we, are, we are stronger than we've ever been in the territory of the Virgin Islands. And we laid out, that speech kind of laid out the case, because we know people wouldn't believe it, because you, you know, say, hey, we're coming out of a pandemic, everybody else balling. And we really spent time explaining that, no, these numbers are telling us this is the best it has been ever. So, so let me I mean, ask this question. everybody to prove us otherwise. And no one, no one <laughs> that challenge. But that's where that's I'm going now. You believe, you believe that brilliant 2021 um, actually parlayed into resounding victory in November of 2022? Yeah, I mean, it, it, it certainly did. Um, you know, people vote their pocketbooks. And heading into that election, people were doing well. Um, and they started government doing well. For the first time in a long time, the government wasn't balling broke. Um, we, were, we, we took on all kinds of crazy ideas, like paying back the 8% and paying retro that hadn't been paid in years and um, paying you know, backlogs of, of income tax refunds. You know, we were paying out like two, three years of income tax refunds. Um, we finished the year with a surplus heading, coming out of September, heading into that November election. And, um, you know, at the end of the day, I think the electorate realized, like, yeah, you know, this, this thing ain't nearly as bad as we thought it would be. And um, you know, people vote their pocketbooks. The economy was booming. Uh, folks were finding employment. Um, and when you compared us to other places that were struggling, I think there was an appreciation for what the Brian Roach administration had done and what everybody talked was going to be really dark at this time. So we actually flipped the script completely. And then last year, number five, um Pretty much smiling, right? Because you're basking in the aftermath of a of a, a contract renewal. Yeah, that was a full of promise speech where we really talked about, you know, all these opportunities outside of the recovery. 
you know, all this, you know, billions of dollars. You know, at that point, we realized that we were going to actually receive more than the eight billion we had started off expecting from the federal government. Um, that number um, was approaching something like twelve billion, and so we realized we were going to get tons of resources for our recovery, um, some of which we had already started to put to work. But on top of that came the Biden administration and all this infrastructure funding. And so the conversation last year's speech was, hey, there's a lot of opportunity coming to us, and we need to start to prepare ourselves as a community, as a government, and as individuals so that when these opportunities start to hit, we're not left on, on the, in the bleachers watching from, from above. You know, we, we want to be in the game participating actively. So the last year's speech, 2023, was all about here are all the opportunities, here's the promise that's coming, um, let's get ready for it. And and of course, you know, as a as a member, uh, as a as a member of the first branch for more than a decade, I ain't gonna let you say yeah, not give the legislators some credit. Thing a walk, you know how that is. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Come on now, they work uh, the executive and legislative working in tandem. No, Come on, can can yeah, you do that? I'm, 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 listen, listen, we 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 sometimes have to remind them that um, all of what we've done, most of what we've done. Um, we've done in consort with them. Um, the governor has made an effort every every time he gives his speech to call out specific things and credit the Senate for things that they assisted him in doing. Um, no matter how much we battle, argue, and go back and forth, you know, at the end of the day, he he always expresses his gratitude. Or hey, you know, at the end of the, you know, if, if it was cannabis or but you 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 haven't worked in legislature. That's how we got to walk, and and you know that. Look, um, yes. Mr. Chief of Staff, great first conversation. You want a segment Monday with a table talk crew? Well, because we could have some fun on Monday. A segment, if you want it, think it over. Right, you don't have to answer now. I look forward to the second part of the conversation. <laughs> I, I appreciate your appearance this morning. Thank you very much, sir. I'm looking forward to talking with you next week. Definitely. All right, thank, thank you. you. You got it. That's our call, night chief of staff. We'll take a break. We'll be back right after this. A new year deserves a fresh start. The Bank of St. Croix provides in-person service, personal and business checking accounts, online banking, and mobile apps for banking on the go, a nonprofit community investment checking account, and a 24-hour banking cash management platform. There are two locations, one in Gallus Bay and one in Peter's Rest. The Bank of St. Croix has something for everyone. Contact a customer service specialist for details regarding our nonprofit community investment checking account. Member FDIC. With so much going on, it can be hard to keep up with who's doing what and why. I'm Aisha Roscoe, host of Weekend Edition Sunday, letting you know whether it's news from across the country and the world or a deep conversation about a novel, movie, or music, we got you. Grab your coffee or your earbuds and tune in to Weekend Edition from NPR News. Sundays at 8 a.m. right here on WTJX FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Hi, I'm Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station 
in the Virgin Islands. The PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nabaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX-TV, Channel 12. Giving us a little historical background, you know, Carl is like, you know, the two of us kind of nerdy like that, you know what I mean? And uh, I'm glad that uh, he gave us uh, uh, some background about uh, the history of state of the territories. And I'm looking forward to uh, including him for a segment uh, on Monday uh, with the Table Talk uh, with uh, Doug Skoll, uh, Rocky Labor, and Ronnie Russell as we preview the state of the territory uh, that night um, here on St. Thomas. Uh, so thank you very much, uh, Mr. Chief of Staff. And I'm looking forward to talking with you uh, again and often going forward and analyze this. I'm joining me now, though, you know, we do our Arts Thursday thing. Uh, okay. Sometimes we do it on Wednesday. Sometimes we do it on Friday. And it's my understanding that uh, 81C uh, is joining the mix this morning, the one and only Zach Zook. And, and Zach, you got company this morning? Good morning. Glad to have you on. Good morning, Zach. Zach is having a little difficulty getting through. Um, this morning, you've got myself, Joseph, and Vernon. Okay, okay. Good, good, good morning, Joe, and uh, uh, good morning, uh, Joseph Hughes, right? That's correct. Always Joseph a pleasure. Hughes. Uh, and, and Vernon, can you introduce Vernon? Yes, good morning. This is Vernon Araujo from Alpine Securities. Alpine Security. Okay, good thing. Um, first of all, I'm glad to have uh, both of you uh, gentlemen on. Hey, hey, Joe, it was nice meeting you um, for the first time, man, back in December. Yeah, yeah it was really a pleasure, and um, I, I really appreciate you making the trip, and I'm glad you brought that up. Um, we met at the From Here show for Sheremar Cruz, and, and I have to say the, the support that, that came all the way from St. Croix for opening night was outstanding, and I just have to give so much credit to all of the crucians, including yourself, who, who came out to show support. It was very impressive. And I, I want to congratulate you and, and Zach and um, um, Augustine and all of the players. Um, 81C, uh, I can officially say, is the joint. You know what I'm saying? I really liked it there, you know what I'm saying? So congrats on making that uh, commitment, because uh, that's what it is um, it, in it downtown Charlemagne, and uh, we appreciate that. No, I, I appreciate you saying that, and um, and yes, you can say firsthand uh, after seeing it in real life, and as in seeing it um, in action, so to speak. And um, and it's really interesting. You may recall the first time you had us on your show, we were we were talking about Lucian Lucian Downs. We were showing Lucian Downs. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's my guy. Yeah, man. that's my guy. Yeah. That was, and and, and there was a lady involved as well. Yes, yes, um, Laurie Smithwick. Um, you, Ray, you may recall, that was years ago. 
Yeah, that was like 2021, maybe 2020, 2021. late 2021. Yeah. 2021, yeah, yeah. yeah time's, and, fly, and time's flying, Joe. It, it is flying. And it was interesting, you know, at the time we were discussing um, the potential, the potential for a downtown revitalization, a potential for a reinvigoration, uh, a reinvigoration of, a, of an arts appreciation. And, um, and here we are this many years later with, with so much growth and so much more momentum. And, and thanks in large part, in particular, to, to Vernon and, and Alpine Securities and their support in us, with us. Well, that's a perfect segue. We just had the, um, the governor's chief of staff on and we were talking about yeah. um, what we've gone through for the last five years. Uh, the governor is going to give us state of territory on, on Monday, the sixth state of territory. Um, but you know, everything that we do is integrated, right? And, and um, I'm going to let you introduce Vernon and what exactly uh, we're trying to represent today with this discussion in uh, educating and informing uh, the public here and analyze this here in January of 2024, in the middle of January. Go right ahead. Well, um, I kind of would like Joseph to introduce the program, and then I'll I'll discuss yeah, why. That, that's what I, yeah, that's what I wanted. That's what I wanted okay. for Jordan. Yeah, okay, and then, do that, and then and you can do that. I'll discuss why we want to be part of it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, of course. So, uh, as you may know, um, we're, we're growing. We're growing quite a bit, and we're growing to to include um, some support programs, <clears throat> in particular. At the 81C studio located in the Camille Pissarro house, that, that's next on our agenda. That's our next initiative. And that's really to, to, to practice what we preach. In, in, in the gallery, we showcase artists, we feature artists, we exhibit artists. And now with, with the studio program, it's going to give us the opportunity to practice and to create and to educate. Yeah, and well, like Joseph, Joseph said, um, you know, we're moving now from the conversation about, well, wouldn't it be nice to revitalize downtown mm -hmm. to actually seeing it start to happen? You know, we've seen the Main Street project take place. The Chamber of Commerce and many different businesses have been working to really bring it back to life and um, reincorporate art and culture back to downtown. So for, for Alpine and many for those of you who don't know, Alpine is a, um, an EDC company. And so we are required to um, contribute to nonprofits and to educational programs. But from our company perspective, we really are adamant that youth development be the main focus of what we contribute to. And so we, we constantly look for programs that offer different unique opportunities for these young people um, and really be kind of following their lead. If they, if they want to do some kind of project or a particular art or extracurricular activity, then let's see if we as adults can make it happen. So when Joseph and Zach, you know, brought the idea, not only about the idea, but they have the, the space, they have the, 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 the personnel, they have the energy, as you could tell, you know, they, they got the spot, the joint. Uh, <laughs> and the, joint, the young the people joint, are really man. having a great time exhibiting their own work. And the idea of young people from the Virgin Islands having art lessons in the historic Camille Pizarro building 
it, it, it's a really great program, and um, we're really excited to get behind it. And um, we want to join the show today to encourage some people listening to also get behind it. You know, we we want this to be a community project, and we would definitely um, do our part to support uh, Zach and, and Joseph for 81C Arts and all the um, young people that will be benefiting from the program. Um, but, you know, like you said, you know, we like to collaborate. This is a... a, a a territory that really bands together as we've seen through the pandemic and through the hurricanes. And we want to continue that spirit and um, just encourage everybody to continue to support young people and the programs that they are interested in. Well, you know, um, going on before, before I, I get uh, Joe to come back in and then uh, I'll voice my opinion there. Uh, talk a little bit about Alpine um, and, 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 you know, EDC companies coming to the territory to do business uh, recoup their investment, but there's also a charitable um, okay. dynamic or a mandate, right, with, with EDC yep. companies okay, um, that they have to reinvest back in uh, the territory. I'm going to get Jolly on. I'm not hanging up. Okay. Yes, so um, I think we have Zach on the line now, but um, yeah, the, the EDC program is, is set up in a way that the, the beneficiaries, the companies that are are now relocated to the Virgin Islands, do have to contribute something back to the Virgin Islanders. Um, as many of you know, I used to work for Family Resource Center for a number of years, um, almost a decade. And so I was on the opposite end of the spectrum where we were asking for money. We were requesting funds from everyone. <laughs> and many of you have heard my voice and have harassed many of you for funding for Family Resource Center in the past. Um, but now on the other end of the spectrum, now I've been working with Alpine for the last, uh, this is my third year now, and it's excellent to have the opportunity to work with more nonprofits and to see all the good work that so many nonprofits are doing. Um, there's a lot of people that are, you know, really in the trenches, uh, working with young people, with people who have disabilities, with the elderly, with, I mean, there's so many different needs. And so, uh, we've, from our company perspective, we've narrowed it down to what we really are focused on. A lot of it is youth development. A lot of it is capacity building for the nonprofits. We've done a lot of work with um, the, the Children's Museum, for example, in um, just helping them to get to the next level. And then, of yeah. course, you know, we like to, to contribute to any any groups that are, um, you know, uh, in, in high need. So we've worked with Lutheran Social Services to help them to get a van recently to transport their, um, their, their folks in wheelchairs. And it's those kind of things that just help get the nonprofit to the next step. Um, it's not it's not a very complicated process. It's very, it's very simple. If we see a need, we're trying to help the, the filling. Um, and so we're really trying to encourage more of the EDCs to join us on that and to partner with us on different projects um, and partner with these nonprofits to really see the Virgin Islands reach the goals that we know we could reach. Well, I, I didn't know that you had worked okay. for the Family Resources Center, so you're, you're coming from there to, to Alpine is really an asset. Um, because you would have a, a, a good feel for uh, the needs here in the territory, in particular in the St. Thomas and John site. So congrats to, Al, to Alpine uh, for bringing you on, and, and thank you very much um, for what you do uh, for the people of the Virgin Islands, in this case, for our young people. Zach Zook is on the line. What's up, Zach? Hey, Neville, how are you doing? I, good, I got happy, 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 By the way, Happy New Year to all of you guys, Joe and <laughs> Happy and Vernon as well. I apologize for um, not extending that courtesy when you guys came on. Happy New Year, and I uh, wish you well for 2024. Happy New Year. Okay, good. So, um, Brooklyn, 
Straight from Crooklyn, better known as Yo. Brooklyn. What's up, man? How you doing? <laughs> yeah, sorry I was late. Uh, I was in a tech technology. Um, I got stuck somewhere in on a line somewhere. So um, I have one other person who's going to come on, Janique Jolly. I'm still trying to get her on, but um, okay. okay. But it's we, good we, to hear we, your we voice. Got, hey, we we got about 20, 25 more minutes, so hopefully we can make okay. that work. I wanted to say thank you because last time we were on, um, we had a really nice interview and. Um, and then you just showed up at, at our event that same mm. night. Magic. It was like, it was it was like, like the magic, man. thing. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, you, you know, and Yo, you had this what, 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 I, what yeah. I really liked about it was it was unannounced. Uh, yeah. you, guys, oh. yeah. you, you guys didn't know that I had actually <laughs> hey, planned no to travel that to day. So I, I said to myself, I was fighting myself. Yo, don't give yourself away. Don't say anything. Just show up tonight. So, so I'm but, glad but, that but, I, I worked my way down there. And, and I hope you know, I hope this, the Cycroy. The Cycroy, the Cycroy presentation uh, went well. Everything went well for her. It was a great, yeah, it was a great show. We had a really good run with that, about three-month run. We opened that show October 6th. It just yeah. came down on uh, on Friday. So we had, I, I would say it was one of our more successful shows to date in the three years that, that we've been doing this. And um, she really stepped up in terms of promotions and networking. Um, we had, you know, people from all islands coming in to see the show. So very successful show. <clears throat> That, that's, that's what I'm talking about. You guys excited about this venture, this joint venture with Alpine? Absolutely. Um, you know, we put a lot of put a lot of work into it. Uh, you know, uh, Vernon is someone who's who's miraculous. Uh, we've worked with him uh, informally for for years. You know, and um, uh, have developed friendship and just really a lot of community conversation conversation about community over the years. You know, um, he's really watched what what we've done and and vice versa we've watched his trajectory so it's um we went into it feeling like like um familiar to an extent but um once the conversation started about how to do this thing and and make it work um we didn't waste any time so it, it's it's been great and, um vernon's a fantastic ally no that's good no no check this out Right, I do. I, I do some work for the RT Park, and uh, we're in, we're interested in revitalizing uh, downtown Charlotte Mali, and um, you, you, it's like a lot of things are coming together, you know, from different angles, and so, a lot. this is, yeah, this is pretty much, you know, in sync with what the RT Park wants to do with with a revitalization project. I had Mr. Sean Krigger on, uh, he's with the Historic Preservation uh, Society oh, or Commission. Sounds great. Uh, he was on the show a couple of months ago, um, and we spoke about that. Um, we got a lot of potential. The governor mentioned it in his state of territory address last year that uh, uh, dilapidated buildings and getting them repurposed and redeveloped um, um, would be in the territory's best interest. Um, you think we could get all these heads together, uh, sit down and, and work on a, a comprehensive plan uh, since we got the private sector folks like Alpine involved to make this work, make this a reality? I, I, I got I got part of that. Are you talking about the historic district? Yeah, historic district. Yeah, Charlotte Mali, downtown Charlotte Mali is a historic district. Well, yeah. I, you know, I, I think I think I think the more um, enthusiasm we see from the private sector uh, that's that's uh, ethical and balanced and and creative is going to just is is going to do that. I, th I think the pieces are all going to fall into place. You know. Um, we are, we're, we're hearing about new developments all the time that are 
kind of exciting. I think there's someone that's going to open like a billiard hall down at the end of Main Street there by uh, Market Square. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and um, I know that there are other other uh, businesses that are coming into Waterfront in the next few years. Um, I know that the uh, Royal Dane Mall's turned over, uh, International Plaza's turned over. So, you know, we're, we're seeing these kind of these kind of drops. You know, um, these things drop. Well, well, well here's here's one thing that I that that that, that no, the RT Park talks about. They want people to want to live in downtown Charlemagne, mm-hmm. and in doing right. that, you got to reinvest. You got to provide security. You know, all of the things that would make people feel comfortable about working in downtown Charlemagne and wanting to live there. And I guess that's what uh, 81C, you know, in, in the micro, you guys are, are, are with that mentality as well, right? Very much so. And, and I, you know, I live and work in town. And it's interesting, the vast majority of my days, I walk from door to door. And literally every single morning, every single evening, there's more and more taking place, whether it just be people out and about in downtown Charlotte Amali at night, which is in and of itself very impressive. But every morning, there, there's, there are construction sites, there's work taking place, there are new doors opening. And, and it's interesting, you know, in these conversations that I have um, to and fro, everyone with whom I speak is optimistic. Everybody with whom I speak is doing well. So there's really a momentum uh, that, that's taking place, and it's very tangible, very physical, very real, and, and undeniable. I like, I, like, I like those words, tangible, real, and undeniable. We're, go, we're going to uh, take a break on that note. When we come back, we'll talk specifically about the Pizarro Gallery, right? Because that's, that, that's a primary focus uh, for you guys right about now. So. And we'll yeah. talk about that yeah, uh, when we come back. We got uh, Joe Hughes, Zach Zook, we got Vaughan uh, from Alpine. And we're trying to get uh, Janique, that's her name? Yeah, Janique Jolly. Trying to Janique get her Jolly. on the Okay, on so the we'll line. take a break. We'll come back and we'll talk Trapped with these the distinguished Virgin Islanders right after this. Be back right after this. Sometimes you need a moment to just step back, relax, and listen to your favorite song. I'm Raina Duris, and on the next World Cafe, maybe I can help you find something new to love, or maybe remind you of something you've been missing. There's so much music out there to enjoy, so take a moment, take a breath, and tune in to World Cafe. Weekdays at 10 p.m. on WTJX-FM 93.1. PBS NewsHour has a rich legacy of in-depth reporting and strong storytelling. Only four people have sat in that chair before us, and the enormity of this moment is not lost on me. People turn to us because they know they can hear from trusted sources of information and news. That won't change a bit, even as the faces behind the desk change. Good evening. I'm Jeff Bennett. And I'm Amna Nawaz. Weekdays at 7 p.m. on WTJX TV, Channel 12. So I spent the past year trying to figure out what news design for 21st century humans might look like. One of the things that really stuck with me was that we now know that humans actually need hope to get up in the morning. And I don't think as a journalist, I ever thought about it that way. We're always looking for new and better ways to understand the world we live in. 
That's On Point with me, Meghna Chakrabarty. Weekdays at 1 p.m. on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. As the news gets more complex and changes through the day, you need more than just a quick headline check. Here and Now keeps you connected to your world between Morning Edition and All Things Considered as the news and the people shaping it are changing in real time. I'm Robin Young. Follow along on Here and Now, NPR News weekday afternoons. From 2 to 4 on WTJX FM, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands. Before I, I go back to my guests, I want to give a shout out to one of the listeners out, out in Tortola, Evan Francis, aka Captain Friendly. You know, I met uh, Mr. Maurice Donovan Sr. yesterday uh, uh, here on St. Thomas, and he told me, hey, look, you got somebody over in Tortola who will be listening to you all the time. And uh, he told me, so I said, what's the name? He said, Evan Francis, but we are calling Captain Friendly. So I said, well, you know what? I'm going to give him a shout out this morning. So I want to make sure before the show is done. Good morning, Mr. Francis, out in the BVA. Good looking out. Keep listening and all that good stuff. Linda Smith, thank you very much for the hookup over there uh, as well. So, now that I've done you know, some of my housekeeping, I got the guys back. I got Joe, Vernon, and and, and Zach. Uh, have we got Janika on as yet? Uh, no, Zach? I, you guys are going to have to call her. I think we're taking up both of your lines. So oh, we're oh, such, okay, a, we're such okay. a varied yeah, and yeah, so, so, Sorry about that. By the way, um, when I when I went to the to the opening of the Sycroy exhibit, um, there was a young lady that that's a part of that. She's from Tortola. Yeah. Oh, Angel. That's Angel Fred. Yeah. Angel Fred. Angel Fred. How is she she's doing? An amazing person. Yeah. Okay. She's and she's based in Tortola. Yeah, she's based in Tortola. Um, we we connected originally. She was you know looking to do um, essentially a, a shared workspace in Tortola, but she, she reached out to 81C and said, you know, I see what you're doing. I love what you're doing. I'd like to learn more. And that's what began our dialogue. So we, um, she's now on one of our advisory councils for the organization for 81C arts. And, um, she, she's a valuable player. She's working on grant writing for us and, and, um, we're, we're talking ideas all the time and that's, that's what it's all about. Um, okay, that's good. I, I, good morning. I good morning again to Vernon and Joe. Just have some. Make sure I got some manners here. I want to make sure I recognize them again. Good morning, gentlemen. Glad to have good you. Morning. Good morning. Always a pleasure. Okay, good. Um, I'm Vernon here. I'm still here. Yes. Morning. Okay, good. Now, one of my listeners, right, Kerry T, sent me a text message, and he said, "Morning." When I was a kid, Dongtong Shah Tamali was a very busy place. The shops were locally owned. The business downstairs and the families live upstairs, right? Yeah. And 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 we want to get back to that now. And so it can't it can't really get back to that, you know, uh, in in you know from a perfect standpoint. But if we could get that type of mentality and that type of setup and structure, that would be good for Dongtong Shaltamali. The the Pizarro 
the Pizarro Gallery. That's on Main Street, right? Yeah, it is on Main Street. It's it's for, it's fourteen uh, drawn against uh, Gata. But um, okay. to to jump on what you said um, about about town, and uh, just to circle back to that real briefly, um, I just wanted to point out that there are already so many people in town, and I, I think that that's that's very important to to keep as part of the conversation and and everyone who is there wants to see it better as mm -hmm. it is now right like we need lights that work we need there's a lot of things that need to happen before uh development takes place and and there's this new wave of, of energy what, so without i think a doubt, that's without very, a doubt. very important i, I agree with that i can and, i concur 100 um, percent from from the heart of the matter you know no no, no i, I agree right absolutely now. correct you know but it's all part it's all part of that's the planning component that we need to buy into, right? Everybody has to buy into that because you can't have 30 different plans, you know, and, and everybody running helter-skelter. You know what I'm saying? You got to have a sound plan where everybody, at least from, from a visionary standpoint, because people are going to do what they want to do as it relates to business. But from a visionary standpoint, you would want everybody to be on the same page. Yeah, for sure. That's good. And, and I, I'm going to say this, right? Uh, we we got to we got to do something to help Main Street, right? Main Street was a critical part, arguably the most critical tube on St. Thomas as it relates to economic development for a long time. And to see what Main Street has come to, uh, we 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 got we got to do something. I know that the dynamics have changed. You got different ecosystem, cruise ships got everything that you want to buy on the ships, and that's unfortunate. Right. But we still got to be able to do things on Joe. And, and Vernon uh, to see what we could do to get Main Street uh, back yeah. to where at least some semblance of what it used to be and the Pizarro Gallery and a redevelopment or a enhancement of that uh, can be maybe a, a a catalyst, Joe Hughes and then Vernon. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Um, Main Street isn't exactly what it used to be. And I'm speaking from years of experience. And, and quite frankly, as far as a cultural experience is concerned, um, St. Thomas in Main Street, drawn against Gale in particular, Main Street, St. Thomas and Charlotte Molly is a whole lot more than a night shopping mall, in my opinion. And right. I think what we need to do now is accentuate the architectural integrity and the, and the history. historic integrity. And, yeah, and the history. And the history yeah. of the yeah. street. And I, what I would love is for visitors to Charlotte Molly to have a cultural experience to have a new experience. And, and I think that's exactly what we're doing. I think that's exactly what we envision. There, there's a new paradigm shift and ultimately the culture is our new commodity. That's what I want to be known for. That's what I want to accentuate and see celebrated. Now, Vernon, Vernon, you're the St. Tomian at heart, right? For heart. Well, I became a St. Tomian. I was, uh, I was at St. Julian first. <laughs> but, you know that that's very right. Every day is rough, so eventually. So, so, so you are Saint Thomas, Saint John district man at heart, right? That, yeah, that's right. Right, and and you know that um, Zach come out of Brooklyn and Joe come out of Newport, out of Rhode Island, right? So uh, <laughs> yeah. actually, actually, both of them is island boys, you know, cause Brooklyn there and Long Island, and Rhode that's Island right. is Rhode Island, right? <laughs> right. That's a but, stretch, but yeah. <laughs> I'm just having some fun here this morning. You know, I'm on St. Thomas. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. But 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 um, but Vaughn, 
having grown up and seeing John and now you're there and seeing Thomas back and forth, St. Thomas St. Jonian, St. Thomas St. Jonian. Right. To, to hear these men come from the Northeast Corridor, Brooklyn, Rhode Island, and got appreciation and want to see a redevelopment and a, a re-embracing of our culture here in the Virgin mm-hmm. That got to make you feel good and actually serve as impetus for making whatever projects you want to engage in with them a success. Well, absolutely. I mean, one of the things I always say is um, the Virgin Islands is, we have some of the most talented people in the world per capita. Very few places are this small that produce this many amazing people. We have champions, we have gold medalists, we have authors and politicians. I mean, artists? You know, we, we really are a very unique place. And what we really are excited, I mean, the, the young people are so talented, amazingly talented. So to see programs, you know, pop up like this are not a surprise for me because, you know, you can see the talent. And when Zach and Joe came down here, I'm sure it was evident to them. So it, it's a it's a real um, dream come true to see young people now take these opportunities. Like you just came to see that young lady from St. Croix put on an amazing art show. Yeah. And we now could see more and more and more of that. You know, um, Christian Stead has a nice, um, every. Uh, I don't know if it's still going on, they have Art Thursdays. Yeah, yeah, that's, 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 actually, and, that, that, that's actually where we took that from and brought it to our program, you know what I'm saying? And that's mm-hmm. why I want to give Zoe Zimmet, whenever we, whenever we talk Arts Thursdays or any art in, uh, institution like 81C, I want to give a shout out to Zoe because Zoe's the one who got me hooked up uh, with this thinking and embracing it. So I appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So we, but what, right now, like like George mentioned, we're seeing now more and more activity happening in the Main Street downtown area. We're seeing more of the opportunity for that kind of activity to happen, where you could walk from one art gallery to the next to the next yeah. and have a different experience in each place and enjoy yourself, have a little glass of wine, something to eat, um, you know, and and experience downtown it's not going to be the same as you know back in the days but the revitalization is happening and so we are just really excited to to contribute in any way and um, we really want to strongly encourage more people to do the same you mentioned the rt park um you know let's let's work together on different programs and if if anyone's listening that has a nonprofit, has a program has something that they could contribute um and they need you know support and assistance reach out to us at alpine and let's talk about how we can make it happen because um, we all want to see downtown come back. We all want to see and and feel that energy happen again. So um, not just for Miracle on Main Street, these one-time events, but yeah, know, the whole yeah, year. I agree. You know? I agree, man. I agree. It got to be sustainable, man. You know what I'm saying? And, uh, and it's very, very important. So, Zach, what exactly yeah. are we looking to do um, uh, in support of the Pizarro Gallery and and, and all that good stuff, and 81C. What are we looking to do? Yeah, so um, the the interest began about a year and a half ago when, when we, our, the organization took a lease on the, the third floor at 14 John Higgins Gata and uh, jump-started an art studio. Um, essentially, the, the goal behind that project was to offer free, no-cost uh, studio space to Virgin Islands artists, as, as simple as that. And then as, as we developed the program further, we built in a component of um, educators selecting 
uh, students at schools for after-school activities, and then uh, pairing them with the the participating artists, right? So then not only are we offering uh, studio space to artists in the community, we're creating a mentorship role where yeah, artists... I, 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 was, I was just going to say that. that. That sounds like a mentorship program to me. You know, and, and you know, the, the, the impact that that can have... Um, Oh, you know, you, you add up the years, a couple of years, years of that with, with solid growth, getting more artists in, getting more kids and building that program. It's going to have over time a significant impact in, in regard to a creative process in the territory, you know, so very exciting. So that that was that was how this came about. Um, and then we've built in other aspects now so we have a digital arts class that's going to be starting up that's taught by uh, uvi alum uh, janique jolly um we have a, a youth arts summer camp that's going to be taught by diana potter of uh, all saints um and we're really excited for whatever whatever's coming next but we're in this period now where we're we're really getting the the, the gears going and with alpine support um, and hopefully the support of other uh, community partners, um, we're going to really hit the ground running, you know? Yeah, that's good. Joe, Joe, you, Joe, you excited about this? I couldn't be more excited about it. And, you know, it, it's it's so nice to see, you know, in particular the Camille Pissarro House and the, the historic significance of, of the structure and the man himself. Now, um, Camille Pissarro often attributed as being the father of Impressionism. You know, whether someone is particularly artistically inclined or not, to be from the same city, to be from the same island is such a significant cultural figure. It's something to be proud of and something yes. to be celebrated. And I think through the celebration and recognition of him and his legacy, I think we're going to, we're going to appear on a global cultural map. I I um uh, often look at um the rebellion uh in St. John in in seventeen thirty three. We got a three hundred year anniversary uh coming up on that uh and time is winding down. We're like we're inside of ten years of that. But we're also closing down on the, the two hundredth anniversary of the birth of Camille Pizarro in eighteen uh, in twenty thirty. You know what I'm saying? So we get, so if we do this right. You know, we could actually, you know, count down to that and culminate with a big event uh, come July of, of 2030. Uh, Zach, what do you think about that? Looking forward. I mean, it's 2024, like that, but before yeah, you know it, time flies, man. Yeah, yeah. 2030, that's only, you know, we're six years out, right? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Um, it, it's funny. I was in the building yesterday. We're, we're doing work in there. We're We're... we're uh, undergoing enhancements right now for the studio and and uh, we, an, we have an office space that we just created which has been really valuable um but there was a uh, about 40 people out front uh listening to um i guess a guide it was a it was a walking tour of some kind and uh i don't know what language they were speaking but um you know they were talking about the building they were talking about obviously the significance of the building significance of pissarro um and everyone on that tour, I, I peeked out, was was enraptured. You know, they were they were playing paying close attention. Um, no one was looking at their phones. So there's a lot of significance <laughs> to talk about. There, there are a lot of things to celebrate. Yeah, that's that's good. We're we're we're, we're going to play a part in this, you know, and uh, you know, because our thing here and uh, our NPR Virgin Islands is uh, 
is visionary, and we appreciate yeah, um, the Zach Zooks and the Joseph Hughes and uh, the Ver Vernon. What's your last name? Araujo. Uh, uh, re repeat that again, because I don't want to butcher it. <laughs> Araujo, A R A U J O. Okay, Araujo, Vernon Araujo, joining us this morning uh, from Alpine, and uh, um, uh, we, we we have always, you know, uh, looked forward to communicating with with zach and and joe i want to congratulate all of you virgin islanders all of you distinguished virgin islands for what you're doing looking forward to talking with you and and and, and i work my way back at 81c at some point and we can sit down and and and, and look at how you know the things that we're doing uh here on, on, on npr and with the rt park and all that stuff uh to make downtown child tamale revitalize and real thank you very much all three of you Virgin Islands, and good luck with this project, okay? Thank you. Thank you, Nelson. Pleasure. Thank you for having us today. You got it. You got it. That's Joseph Hughes, Zach Zook, and Vernon Alarujo, right? Uh, they got a, a joint uh, mentorship and artist program uh, going on here in the Virgin Islands. Thank you very much for listening today. Thank you, um, Carl Knight, um, for that great discussion. We're going to pick that up again, hopefully on Monday. And then, of course, uh, thank you, Ray Williams, for letting us know what's going on. Be good and be safe. Analyze this. Uh, talk to you tomorrow. The views and opinions expressed on Analyze This are entirely those of the on-air participants and do not reflect those of the station's board, management, staff, or underwriters. These days, people go to great lengths to shed the stress of daily life. There's acupuncture, deep tissue massage, meditation, yoga. At All Things Considered, we offer our own type of healing, invigorating news stories that span the rainbow of human experience. Nourish your mind and escape from the ordinary. Weekdays on All Things Considered from NPR News. From 5 to 8 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1. Hi, I'm Peter Sagal. You spent the week listening to the news. Don't you think you deserve to show off what you've learned on Wait, Wait, We Give You a Chance to Impress Your Friends with Your Knowledge of International Incidents, Political Gaffes, and the Latest Advancement in German Nudists? You'll be the life of the party or the death. Either way, you'll make an impression and you can thank Wait, Wait, Don't Tell Me from NPR. Saturdays at 1 p.m. and Sundays at 2 p.m. right here on WTJX FM 93.1, your NPR station in the Virgin Islands.